was sitting there the other day and I was just thinking, a rhombus is nothing but a glorified fucking diamond. Like, think about it. Take a diamond, you put it on a slight angle, and it's a fucking rhombus. It doesn't deserve to be its own shape. It's just ah, it fucking infuriated me by the end of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. What, you guys don't well, agree? That's the geometry expert here, Brad. A rhombus is literally a square on an angle. Which is a diamond. Which, so, which is a diamond. Yeah. It doesn't, well, not necessarily. Doesn't deserve, a diamond doesn't have to have You take any picture of a fucking rhombus and you look at it and you go, that's just a diamond. If I rotate it's that 90 a- degrees, it's a diamond. It's just a rectangle in italics. Exactly. Fucking infuriating. <laughs> Everyone's getting their own shapes these days. Idiots. All right. Hello and welcome to your favorite podcast, Brad is a Bad Person. My name is Morgan. I am the host of this pod- podcast and I am an original prankster. <laughs> I am joined as always by Lachlan. What's up, what's up, what's up? Whose favorite television show is Punked and by Brad. <laughs> hey. Who is a good person. <laughs> oh, prank! No, nah, that's a prank. He's actually a bad person. Oh, fuck you, <laughs> host. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we've told Brad that we're doing an episode on hoaxes. However, we will not be talking about hoaxes. Welcome to Furries Part Two. Yeah, Are boy. You ready to talk about furries again today, guys. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually yeah. serious? This is not. Nice. We, we did not cover enough in our first episode on furries. <sighs> we need to do a video podcast because Brad's face then. Brad's just... face is just—he's defeated. Oh, he's I so just, mad. So upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right, once right, once you get something out of you, like it's like it's done, like getting a needle. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. You thought it was over. I thought it was over. You've uh... <laughs> you thought wrong. And I, I put so much effort into my fucking thing, and I don't even think we're going to be able to use it. <laughs> All right, before we get started today, I want to remind everyone to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you leave us a nice review on iTunes, <laughs> we'll give you a shout-out during the show to say Don't bother. You. If you want to get in contact with us and suggest <laughs> some idea terrible. or just say hi, please do. We always love interacting with our fans. You can do that on any of our social media or through our website, bradisbadperson.com. If you really, really like us, you can send us some cash through paypal.me slash bradisbadperson. But otherwise, the best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend to listen, particularly a friend who likes furries. Brad Uh, is currently tying a noose. (laughs) Lachlan, do you want to get this party started by cracking open a furry one with the boys? I hate you. (laughs) It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. This week, uh, Young Henry's Stayer Mid. So it's a mid-strength. Never had anything from Young Henry's before, but I, f- I hear good things. Um, the interesting thing about this is it's a mid-strength, but it's one standard drink. Usually they're like 0.8 or 0.9. Mm. Um, doesn't say what kind of beer it is, but I'm going to assume and hope that it's a lager. Uh, so let's give this bitch let's a go. Mm. Just like I assumed and hoped this episode would be about hoaxes. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, not good. Mm. Like this episode. <laughs> no, that's that's shame. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you, you've got something to tell us about uh, fairies. I do. So. 
There's a wide range of subcultures within the furry community. Uh, you actually did most- it. <laughs> perhaps the most degenerate is those of the alt-furry movement, or, as one journalist put it, the Furred Reich. <laughs> That's right. There is a subset of the greater furry culture who openly subscribe to the tenets of Nazism. Do you think it's ironic that, uh, you know, these would be the first people killed? Oh, yeah. Hitler? Hitler would have fucking shot these people himself. <sighs> the most notorious of these furry neo-Nazis is Foxler Nightfire. His fox fursuit features a red armband reminiscent of the armbands the Nazis wore as part of their uniform. Only his has a black paw print in place of a swastika. (laughs) There are photos of him in front of a Nazi flag, giving the Nazi salute, and he sometimes tweets at noted white supremacist and all-around shitbag Richard Spencer. Some comments he has made on YouTube include, I hate black people, and (laughs) I stand with Hitler. Despite all this, Foxler has insisted in interviews that he is not a neo-Nazi. He claims all the evidence against him is coincidental or taken out of context. He also says that Foxler is not a portmanteau for Fox Hitler. (laughs) So what's the truth? Is Foxler the half-German gay man who dresses like a fox a Nazi? Or has he just been painted in a bad light? To me, the whole thing sounds like it might be some kind of hoax. Oh, I'd better be. (laughs) (laughs) Got (laughs) him! Fuck you, you just got pranked! No! (laughs) Pranked! Pranked, baby! Filthy pranked! Filthy pranked! Hey. We're not doing an episode. I'm it's sorry. a double hoax. We're doing hoaxes. Thank God. We <laughs> hoaxed you in a hoax pad. Because That's right. I was holding out the slightest bit of hope that you were going to do this. But then when you started talking about it, I was like, no. They haven't actually hoaxed me in a hoax. And they've- the audience have clicked on this episode <sighs> thinking it's hoaxes. And then they've been rused into thinking it's furries part two. And we're really doing hoaxes. <laughs> <laughs> You probably it's lost them all when you started talking oh, about furries. Got- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it makes sense now. I was hanging out with Morgan literally yesterday and he was talking about how he'd been watching all these filthy prank studios. Specifically ones where he talks about doing the pranks on people. It's just a prank for a- <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I had to watch the whole Filthy Frank. It's just a prank video to get their sound. It's so, of course. Um, yeah. <sighs> was, uh, right. Well, anyway, should I we still, jump into it? Should I, I go still first? Fucking hate you. <laughs> well, I just wanted to ask you guys first of all, mm. since we're talking about pranks and hoaxes, mm-hmm. have you guys ever successfully pulled off an April Fool's Day prank? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm not creative enough to um, actually. I. I've done the, oh, look, my wife's pregnant thing a couple of times, um, but <laughs> people people don't buy it. They don't, yeah. yeah. No. Some people get very upset about it as well. <laughs> Everyone's expecting it. Yeah. All those childless yeah. spinsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've only done one once and it wasn't that great. It was when I was still living with my parents. I think I was like 19 or something like that. And I had a beer. 
the mm-hmm. night before April 1st and I drank it out of a bottle. And the way I took the lid off was just to like, just like pop it, but not like, you know, Group. deform the cap. Yeah. yeah. So then I f- after I finished drinking it, I filled it up with water, put the cap back on, put it in the fridge. And then in the morning I pretended I was cracking it and drinking it with my cereal. <laughs> and, um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> got, uh, got like five seconds of mum going like, what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I just need a beer. And she was like, what? <laughs> and then she was like, "Ah, oh. April Anyway, bitch uh, got pranked. Um, yeah. Yes, but as 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 lame as that was, I always um, I always think it's 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 much better than what the uh, big corporations ever do every year mm. on April first. You know, do you do you guys see this? Like when they post on social yeah. media some like fake product that they're launching or something, and it's like everybody knows it's, it's April first, yeah. and you're doing this, and you're not edgy, and you just. It's just so cringy and. Uh, I think it's a bit of fun. I think everyone everyone Ugh. knows when they post these things in that spirit that everyone knows it's not real. It's just uh, just a bit of fun. Google normally does good. Like Google normally actually adds something to. It's usually Google Maps. Like one year you could like go and find Pokemon on Google Maps, and then another year I think you could like drive a little car around on Google Maps and stuff. Which yeah, it's a bit of fun. Mm. I appreciate our tech overlords kicking us a bone <laughs> once a year. Uh, I just find it so like lame and just like like that Steve Buscemi thing where he's like, "How do you do, fellow kids?" Like trying yeah. to be cool and trying to be like fun and down with the kids and stuff. I feel like it's like April Fools. Stop trying. Pranks in general just suck because everyone knows it's April Fools. So, yeah. and if you do it early, you're a piece of shit, and if you do it late, you're a piece of shit. So the whole thing. And if you do it on shit. time, everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nah. Yeah, you got to so trick good. them into not knowing that it's the uh, that you got to pull some Groundhog Day shit on them. The the best ones that <laughs> I've seen work is like when a company does that. It's the stupid launch on the first, but then someone brings it up six months later and posts a link to that article. And mm. people generally don't check when the article would be released like, nah, or So then, like a wave of people jump on that, and then all of a sudden, there's this hype for this product that they talked about six months ago. But mm. the, it was clearly a joke at the time, and now everyone gets all excited about it, and then everyone's like, this was an April Fool's prank, you fucking idiots. Those, I, I think those are yeah. funny, but it's not the company doing it. It's just like an unintentional second wave that I pops think, up. I think the difference between a prank and a hoax is Same that- thing. Well, I think they're slightly different. <laughs> I think a prank you do for like a laugh, whereas a hoax, yeah. you're you're genuinely trying to get someone to believe- in something fabricated. Yeah, there's no gotcha moment. It's like a perpetual. Yeah, you yeah, would, that's you right. would have when, it and let it stand. Yeah, mm, and the, yeah. the gotcha moment is whenever they figure out somehow, or if they figure out somehow that it's not real, and you're just like, yeah, it was a hoax. Mm. Whereas I feel like hoaxes also if it's seem a prank, like- we're like, ha, fuck you, Brad, we got you to think that it was fairies part two. And that's, that's <laughs> funny. That's a big reveal. <laughs> I feel like uh, hoaxes are more nefarious, like they have a scheme- Whereas pranking, it's yeah. like a, it's more of a plan than a scheme. I don't know. Prank is like good fun. Yeah. It's done in good humor. Yes. A hoax yes. is like a sinister. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. All right. Lachlan, you said you wanted to go first. Yeah, I may as well. I'm in the in the mood to speak. Yeah. I fucking uh, still hate both of you. That, that whole um, <laughs> Fox La Nightfire Nazi furry thing is real, by the way. You should, it's <laughs> quite interesting. <laughs> I suggest looking into it. Looking up an Aryan fox, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Let me read you an article in my best old-timey news voice, published in Mist's Weekly Journal in November of 1726. Ooh. From Guildford comes a strange but well-attested piece of news that a poor woman who lives at Godalmin, near that town, was about a month past delivered by Mr. John Howard, an eminent surgeon and man-midwife, of a creature resembling a rabbit but whose heart and lungs grew without its belly. About fourteen days since she was delivered by the same person of a perfect rabbit. And in a few days after of four or more, and on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the fourth, fifth, and sixth instant of one in each day in all nine, they died all in bringing into the world. The woman hath made oath that two months ago, being worked in a field with other women, they put up a rabbit, who running from them they pursued it, but to no purpose. This created in her such a longing to it that she, being with child, was taken ill and miscarried, and from that time she hath not been able to avoid thinking of rabbits. People, after all, differ much in their opinion about this matter, some looking upon them as great curiosities, fit to be presented to the Royal Society, etc. Others are angry at the account and say that if it be fact, a veil should be drawn over it as an imperfection in human nature. Alright, me, Give me a rank out of ten for the voice. I think if people didn't turn off when they thought the fairies was uh, the episode topic, <laughs> they definitely turned off during that annoying drone. I'm impressed. I'm annoying impressed. way of speaking. You don't even maintain it. Uh, it you, was a good impression. It's just an annoying... Like, if you did a perfect Cockney accent, it would be very annoying, <laughs> even though it would be a good impression. Cheerio, governor. <laughs> yeah. Now, in case any of you aren't current with your 18th century newsman lingo, mm-hmm. what was just described was a woman giving birth to nine rabbits over several days. Ugh. Mary Toft was her name, and in 1726, she claimed to have had a miscarriage after a fervent chase with a rabbit. After the miscarriage, she said, and having missed a free meal, she couldn't get the thought of rabbits out of her mind. Rabbit stew, rabbit pie, roasted rabbit, poached rabbit, all she could think about was eating rabbit meat. Despite mm. having already egested the miscarried fetus, and that is a word, look it up, a few days later, oh. Toft went into labour and produced several animal parts. These parts were given to her mother-in-law, and Toft, a midwife, who promptly sent them to John Howard, a surgeon of 30 years. And soon to be Prime Minister of Australia. <laughs> Different, John. <laughs> in his later years. <laughs> yeah, about he 200 years later. actually to be an actor on All Saints. Um, <laughs> Howard naturally dismissed the idea that Toft had birthed these animal parts, but nevertheless decided to go visit her. When he arrived at the Toft household, he was shown several other animal parts that had come out of Mary overnight. Wanting to get to the bottom of this, he examined Mary only to find nothing. Until the next day, she went into labour again, and Howard delivered a rabbit's leg, three cat's legs, and the guts of a cat that contained the skeleton of an eel. The cat parts, Mary claimed, were of a cat that slept on her bed in her dreams. Howard sent word out about this woman and her bizarre condition. By the time the news got to London, he had delivered 11 whole rabbits. Medical men came from all over to see this in action, and Howard offered to deliver a rabbit in front of any of them who doubted the story. Eventually, word got to King George I, who sent a member of his court to suss the whole thing out. After seeing a rabbit emerge from this woman, he returned to London a believer. Resultantly, King George sent all manner of physicians and surgeons to investigate. Some of them believed what they saw, others thought it was some kind of trick. 
One of the sceptical surgeons, claiming to be a believer, took one of the rabbits for examination. Upon cutting it open, he found that its digestive tract was full of grass and grains. Proof of a hoax, surely, but even the rabbit birth deniers, or the rabbit birth truthers, as I like to call them, had seen Mary (laughs) in action with their own eyes. They needed her to admit this wasn't some kind of immaculate bunny conception and figure out how she was doing it. The king ordered Toft be brought to a hospital in London for further examination. Even still, she continued to birth rabbits. Eventually, sick of all the fucking around watching this woman squeeze out rabbits for three months, Richard Manningham, perhaps the country's preeminent obstetrician at the time, threatened to cut Mary open for a proper examination if she didn't tell them the truth. Finally, she confessed. While it was true that she had miscarried a human child, the rest of the story was bullshit, even down to her trying to catch the rabbit in the first place. Having just gone through the birth of her dead child, she decided to take advantage of her cervix being open and just shove a bunch of animal bits up there. (laughs) Pushing them out day after day kept her cervix open enough to keep putting shit up there. So she just had her husband and her sister-in-law keep sneaking rabbits to her that she could then give birth to. While in the hospital in London, Mary's sister-in-law had bribed a porter to keep the bunny train going. (laughs) The bunny train. (laughs) That's fucking filthy. No. In January of 1727, Mary was charged with, I quote, being an abominable cheat and imposter in pretending to be delivered of several monstrous births and sent to jail. (laughs) Sounds about right. That's a pretty accurate charge. (laughs) She was released three months later because nobody could decide what crime she had actually committed. Because she couldn't stop shitting out rabbits. Which I just fucking love, the fact that they're just like, this is abhorrent, you have to go to jail. And they send her to jail and then later they're like, she didn't actually break any laws. No <laughs> written laws, just implied laws. Thou shalt not. Yeah, thou shalt not shove things up themselves. Her lawyer in the courtroom just starts with, technically. <laughs> <laughs> the burning question, though: Why did she do it? I'm well, assuming the rabbits were dead because she's nuts. Uh, they were dead after they came out. Oh, but well, not before. Some of them, some of them were still alive, but they died after birth. Which, you know, I guess no. you'd you'd probably die too if you got shoved up into oh, some. So uterus. she was putting live oh. rabbits up there. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh no, poor bugs. All right. If people didn't turn off from the furries, if people didn't turn off from your <laughs> old timey news voice, I think nobody's left now that you're talking <laughs> about this. Why did she do it? Well, because she's nuts. Apparently, right after she miscarried. A travelling woman, which I think is uh, old-timey talk for a prostitute, had told her that if she could pull this whole thing off, she would, quote, never want as long as she lived. (laughs) She thought she was going to get rich. So, from from shoving rabbits up her vagina, yeah. Uh, I mean, (sighs) game respects game. That was was Mary Toft. The uh, who gained a nickname afterwards as the so-called rabbit breeder. Uh, it's a pretty good hustle. Wow, is it? it? Is it? 
Well, I think she got a bit greedy going for nine rabbits or whatever it was. I think she had it stopped after a couple. Oh, she it ended up, could have got away with it. It ended up being over like 30 by the time she was done. Oh, if yeah. she had it kept it small, she maybe yeah. could have got away with it. <laughs> maybe one or two. Yeah. Ah. Yep. Ah, it's so upsetting. That poor rabbit. <laughs> rabbits. Rabbit, yeah. I imagine there's no. a whole whole hutch full of rabbits up it. Ugh. <laughs> oh. I all the all the old timey letters have rabbit spelt R A B B E T, which just I don't know why it just is really funny to me that they would spell it rabbit instead of rabbit. Rabbit. <laughs> uh, oh man, Lachlan, why did you choose that you animal? <laughs> I wish you'd done furries now. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of did. I think yeah. you kind of did. She was like an OG no, she, furry. She took it. She she. <laughs> crossed over the boundary from furry to bestiality. I wouldn't put well, it past some of the furries to do something like that. She didn't technically have sex with the rabbits. Oh, I they mean, fucked yeah, they them. were inside her, but... <laughs> she fucked them. No context series Over 2,000 people attended Genghis Khan's funeral. To keep the location secret, all of them were killed by his army. His army was then killed by his <laughs> private escort, who promptly committed suicide, making it the shittiest funeral to attend in history. Whoa. <laughs> that is that crazy. That is fucking nuts. Is that because yeah. they didn't want people digging him up? Yes, exactly. He, he They wow. even speculate that they diverted a river to potentially cully his burial site so that wow. no one could ever possibly drag it down. That's but crazy. literally even the slaves and everything, anyone who was associated with it, his burial site is dead now. Like everyone who builds it knew about it. Could they, they just- not Could they not just look for the fucking mass grave? Like- <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I'm no expert, but they, he, they, he had a memorial built, which they mm. know where that is, but they just, yeah, they've never But that's not where he's tomb. actually yeah. buried. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, also, using that to get yourself out of the bunny pussy situation was quite <laughs> smart, luckily. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, mine is a much more wholesome one, so I think I might go next, and yeah. then Brad okay. can just discuss this with his last one. Um, <laughs> of course. So. No, Lachlan's got the titles this week. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, in a previous episode, I spoke briefly about the prophet hen of Leeds. <laughs> Not too dissimilar to what Lachlan just uh, talked about. His hen <laughs> stays outside of people's body. All right, I just a, a story about a crazy lady who was shoving eggs with apocalyptic messages on them up a chicken's butt, so it would lay them in front of people. This was 1806, a time when it was much easier to fool people. Nowadays, everyone is incredibly skeptical. If a chicken crapped out an egg telling you that the world was going to end, you'd be impressed. How did the owner manage to do that trick? (laughs) The thought that it was a legitimate prophecy wouldn't even enter your mind. Similarly, whenever we see an image that seems unreal, we know that it is unreal. These days, it's so easy to manipulate images, to take things out, to put things in that aren't there, to make unattractive people look good, and to make attractive people look bad. We've got it down to a science. With the technology available today and the ease of access, you could learn in one afternoon how to manipulate images better than Stalin's propagandists who removed people from photographs after they fell out of favour. Very true. But before computers and when photography was still a novelty and an expensive luxury, it was much easier to fool people. Two South African girls, cousins, Elsie Wright and Frances Griffith, 
had just moved to merry old England in 1917. Elsie, 16, and Francis, 9, used to play together down by a creek near their home in Cottingley. Mm. Such an English-sounding town name. Mm -hmm. Francis and Elsie's mothers would complain that they came back with wet feet and wet clothes, but the girls refused to stop playing by the creek because that's where the fairies were. Uh, That's pretty (laughs) homophobic. (laughs) (laughs) I was was just trying to think of some quick joke. Preferred nomenclature is just gay. Yeah. <laughs> the mother, the mothers, knowing how children's lie, dismissed this bullshit and told them to get fucked. Nah, <laughs> for reals, they both said in unison, and they snatched Elsie's father's camera and returned 30 minutes later with proof. Check this shit out, said Elsie. <laughs> well, fuck me, said Elsie's mother, Polly. <laughs> but her husband, Arthur Wright, wasn't buying it. Fuck you both. You've clearly <laughs> fucked with my camera, so you can't borrow it anymore. You lying little shits, he probably said. <laughs> that was about it for a good while. The following year, Frances sent a print of the photograph to her friend in South Africa and just played it cool. I'm learning French, geometry, cookery, and algebra at school now. Dad came home from France the other week after being there 10 months, and we all think the war will be over in a few days. I am sending two photos, both of me, one in my bathing costume in our backyard, while the other is me with some fairies. Elsie took that one. Wait. Just playing it cool. Just hanging yeah. out with some fairies. She sent it like, big deal. whatever. Early, early 20th century fucking nudes or whatever. Is that what she sent it? Like her in her bathing suit. <laughs> she was only nine, so I don't know why. Yeah, she presumably she's sending it weird. to another girl. Anyway, on the back of the photo, she wrote, It is funny. I never used to see them in Africa. It must be too hot for them there. Pretty good prank on our set, on her South African friend. I bet she was having a good old laugh when she sent that picture away, imagining the look on her friend's face when she opened the letter and saw the print. And you might actually believe that in 1918. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? If you yeah. got a letter in the mail from a strange continent far, far away, and they were like, you know, we've got these weird creatures up here. Yep. Here's a picture. I'm only nine. I'm not very skeptical because I'm nine. Yes. Yeah. yes. And... and- you know, assumedly, there's no way to fuck with photos. So, you know, if you got on photo, it's proof. Of course. So the girl's innocent little prank only started getting out of hand in 1919 when Elsie's mother, a gullible fucking idiot, <laughs> took the photos to a Theosophical Society meeting and showed them to the MC. From there, they got the attention of one of the higher-ups in the Theosophical Society, Edward Gardner, who thought it was evidence of some evolution breakthrough. Oh, my God. He said, The fact that two young girls had not only been able to see fairies, which others had done. I mean, guys, obviously, Uh everyone sees fairies all the time. That Uh, part's not the interesting part here. Of course. But, he said, had actually, for the first time, been able to materialize them at a density sufficient for their images to be recorded on a photographic plate meant that it is possible that the next cycle of evolution is underway. Oh. <laughs> it was time for a photography expert to shit all over this stupid hoax. <laughs> the photographs were examined by two experts who both agreed that they were real photos. They were mm-hmm. not faked. Yep. The two negatives are entirely genuine, unfaked photographs with no trace whatsoever of studio work inv- involving card or paper models. This was taken as conclusive evidence So now everyone was convinced. Real fairies. But just like CNN posting a story with the headline, 
Elizabeth Warren releases DNA tests with strong <laughs> evidence of Native American ancestry. <laughs> the actual truth is buried a little deeper, and those willfully trying to deceive you are hoping that you actually won't read any further. Mm-hmm. The experts did not say that fairies were real, and this was proof, obviously. The second half of their quote is, These are straightforward photographs of whatever was in front of the camera at that time. Mm-hmm. The photos were fakes. Not in the sense that they were manipulated, but in the sense that the fairies were cardboard cutouts that the girls had created. What? what? No, you tell me fairies aren't real. <laughs> this was enough, though, to fool Arthur Conan Doyle, who, apart from writing Sherlock Holmes, was a gullible fucking idiot <laughs> who believed in fairies and couldn't spot obvious cardboard cutouts of bullshit fairies that didn't even look close to real anyway because he is stupid and gullible. Uh, poor Arthur. <laughs> ACD, as I would call him now, (laughs) was commissioned to write a story about fairies for the Christmas edition of a magazine and got in contact with Arthur Wright to ask if he could use the photographs for the story. Arthur Wright always knew these photos were bullshit, so he refused to accept any money for them. ACD used the photos for free in the story in the magazine. Hmm. Yeah. ACD wanted to go and meet the girls, but he was scheduled to come to Australia for a lecture tour so he sent Edward Gardner to Cottingley instead to give the girls some cameras to let them take more pictures. Mm-hmm. For about a month, they were unable to take pictures. I guess the fairies didn't want to come out when other people were around. <laughs> so the girls convinced all the adults to leave the house for the day, and, what do you know, they managed to get three perfect pictures of fairies that day. <laughs> At what point, <laughs> like you're one Brad of these girls, so this at what point do you go, ah, oh, shit, we're in too deep here. Like, we've got to fess up. But they're still only like 10 or 11, aren't they? They're not much older. Either. No, one of them was 16 and one of them was nine, so. Oh, like, that 16-year-old <laughs> is in trouble. Yeah. But don't you think this is a bit like that South Park episode where Jesus keeps, like, making everybody turn around before he does his miracles? <laughs> That is exactly what it is. Like saying, oh, I, I, we haven't been able to see them this past month. Maybe if you leave the house for the day, we'll be able to see them. <laughs> like, come on. <sighs> anyway, believe it or not, this was taken as proof by ACD that fairies actually exist. Oh, he come said, on. My heart was gladdened when out here in Australia, I had your note and three wonderful pictures, which are confirmatory of our published results. When our fairies are admitted, other psychic phenomena will be will find a more ready acceptance. We have had continued messages at seances for some time that a visible sign was coming through. Okay. The recognition of their existence okay. will jolt the material 20th century mind out of its heavy ruts in the mud and will make it admit that there is glamour and mystery to life. What a I fucking had always fool. assumed that Arthur Conan Doyle must have been quite an intelligent man to write such a clever character as Sherlock Holmes. But apparently not. He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, he was in Australia at that time. He probably wasn't given the context of, we tried for a month and we couldn't get a photo, but then when we left him, so he probably didn't get that. I just, uh, just a side note, by the way, you said this was, what, early 1900s? Yeah. Yeah, 1917. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's just very unusual to me that, uh, a very famous 
internationally renowned author would be doing a lecture lecture circuit in such a backwater country as Australia in the early mm. 1900s. Obviously had to take a ship there as well. Pretty um Yeah. That's the thing. It's a big on. it's a big trip and we, you know, at that time in in history we weren't really doing anything all that exciting. Uh well, we helped the British in World War 1. Maybe that that was their payback. We sent ACD down for you. Yeah, maybe. Um anyway, debates raged in the public square. Were these fakes or genuine? Is this conclusive evidence that fairies exist? Yes. The girls were asked to take photographs one more time in August of 1921. Gardner gave them another camera and brought his friend, Jeffrey Hodson, a famous clairvoyant. The girls said they didn't see any fairies this time, so they didn't take any pictures. But Hodson, on the other hand, saw many fairies and wrote extensive notes on them. What they looked like, their behavior, (laughs) their temperament, everything. Fairies are real. Confirmed by clairvoyant Jeffrey Hodson, <laughs> as seen with his own two eyes. This is a sin of fraud to catch frauds, is that what? Yeah. <laughs> so, what happened in the years following? Well, Elsie and Francis maintained that the photographs were real and the public debates raged on. In 1966, Elsie said something shocking. Oh. She said that fairies aren't real. <laughs> what? They were figments of my imagination. She said that fairies aren't real, but she maintained that the photographs were real. How is this possible? Well, you see, she managed to photograph her imagination. Oh, my (laughs) fucking... Imagining the fairies... She's just doubling down. What a stupid fucking (laughs) cat. This is 50 years later. I know. She's not a young person. (laughs) She's in her 50s now. Uh, What a bitch. Imagining the fairies and seeing them in her mind's eye meant that they somehow appeared on film. It's an interesting theory. This was a new explanation, since they had previously maintained that fairies are real and they had photographed real fairies. This became the story. Now, until 1983, when they finally admitted the truth. Was she on her deathbed? Well, kind of. (laughs) Admitted the truth. In an article for the magazine The Unexplained, they admitted the fairies were faked and explained how they did it. Elsie got some cardboard cardboard, and drew pictures on them. Exact copies of Dancing Women from a 1914 children's book, Princess Mary's Gift Book, and then drew wings on them. Mm. They cut out the images carefully and attached them to flora using hat pins. Mm. That makes sense. There were, there were a total of five photographs and Elsie admitted that all five were fake. Francis, on the other hand, said that the fifth and final photograph was 100% real. <laughs> oh, fucking God. We faked four with the, with the fifth one. No, we got it then. Yeah. <laughs> fucking idiot. All the, other, all the other ones were fake, but the fifth one was genuine. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, genuine in the sense that it was a figment of her imagination that she managed to capture on film, <laughs> of course. <laughs> that sort of genuine. <sighs> I'd say that she had, like, dementia or she was going senile, but it seems like she was actually (laughs) smartening up. Like, in uh, 1985, long after ACD was dead, the girls explained why they let the hoax go on so long. Elsie said in an interview, Two village kids and a brilliant man like Conan Doyle? Well, we could only keep quiet. Francis said, I never thought of it as being a fraud. It was just Elsie and I having a bit of fun, and I can't understand to this day why people were taken in. They wanted to be taken in. Yeah. 
That's what she that's, said. That's a fair call. Is she victim blaming? Is that what you <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what I'm hearing. I, I, what I, were these people? What were these people wearing when they saw the photo of the fairy? <laughs> they were asking for it. <laughs> yes, that's right, Francis. Lying is totally fine. Fraud is acceptable. Tricking people is not immoral because anyone who is tricked really has just themselves to blame. After all, they wanted to believe. So yes, kids, that's right. Just go around telling lies all the time. It's not up to you to tell the truth. It's up to others to assume the worst and distrust you. Fucking dickhead. Uh. I believe that. <laughs> that really well, pissed me I'm, off. I'm glad they're dead. <laughs> it's, uh, it, I, if she had have taken it to those photos to anyone but the Theosophical Society, it probably would have been shot down straight away because Theosophy is some fucking hardcore bullshit. I've never yeah. even heard of Theosophy. If, so. if you're a Theosophist, you already believe in the occult and demons and fucking spirits and all sorts of shit. So, of course, you're going to believe in fairies. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I just yeah oh. they, they yeah like they picked the right people to take it to but you know mm. they, it really started kicking off when ACD got involved and the yeah. the interesting thing was that these girls managed to get their fifteen minutes of fame three different times based on yeah. this one lie so firstly they got it they got famous at the time then they got famous again in 1966 when Elsie said the photos were real but the fairies were imaginary because almost everybody in the world took that as okay the photos were fake and she's admitting yeah. it. But then they got famous once more in 1983 when they admitted it was fake and explained how they did it. Mm. So they got famous three times off it. I'll give them this. They made, good. they made some pretty decent looking fairies, right? Like some good cardboard kids. Uh, like, like Not like that they look real. What I'm saying is they're high quality. Like I couldn't make yeah, anything that I'll nice. give you that. Like it's not some I'll shit that, that a kid would make. Um, they don't look like I've seen the photo. Yeah, they, they don't, look, don't real. look real. No, but they're they high look like cardboard fairies. cutouts. Yeah, they're high quality cardboard fairies. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And okay. and I think it was just a game. The sixteen year old was playing with the nine year old and it just sort of got mm-hmm. a bit out of hand. They're like, Look at this photo, we'll try and trick dad. And then she sent that to her friend and her friend sort of gathered and then the sixteen year old's like, Well, this is a make or break moment and she decided to double down. <laughs> it was like, Yeah, no, we can yeah. do it again. Easy. <laughs> I I guess yeah. when all these important and famous people start showing up asking about the fairies, you you're like you don't want to turn around and go, oh, you came all the way here for nothing. Yeah, you know, yeah, that that would exactly. seem like a dick move. <laughs> they also managed to make some very expensive photographs in the end because of their um, historical significance. So in 1998. Oh. Um, some old prints of the five fairy photos sold at auction for twenty one thousand six hundred and twenty pounds. Oh, that's like so they British they pounds. were prints of and the they negative, were just, but they, they were just prints. They weren't the original. Yeah, they were just prints. Oh, and in two thousand eighteen, two prints made in nineteen twenty. So these are like very 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 old prints made in nineteen twenty for the Theosophical Society went to auction. Yeah. One was a gnome, not a fairy, and it fetched £5,400 at auction, while the first Holy fairy photogra- uh, photograph of Francis with four fairies sold for £15,000. Jesus. And that was just a print that the Theosophical Society was using, that they were selling at their yeah. meetings. So, it's one of many, obviously. £15,000. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that first photo that she sent to Old Maid in- 
South Africa. Probably worth <laughs> That'd be so worth a pretty money penny money if she kept it. Yeah. If she I kept, if it, kept yeah. it. Like, I mean, her mum gave it to the Theosophical Society. Uh, the friend probably went, ah, oh, this is bullshit. Fairies aren't real and threw it out. And then, you know. <laughs> <on> yeah. the- <laughs> In the Northern Hemisphere, everyone's fucking freaking out. She really showed it to her, <laughs> showed it to her mum and she's like, look at this funny thing fucking Elsa did or whatever. <laughs> and then her mum's like, oh my God, the Theosophical Society has to see. <laughs> fucking, uh, that's mental. Yeah. Uh, um, it is a it is a pretty famous case though, like one of the first cases yeah. of uh, photography manipulation. And there was, uh, you know, it was known to occur before that. You know, journalists would manipulate photos and stuff like that, and people would tamper with photos to make them look more interesting and stuff like that. But this was like the first one that was used for like a big time hoax that really got out of hand. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it really stirred up the imagination of a lot of. Fucking idiots like ACD over here thinking fairies are real and shit. What an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) If you saw this, if I made one of those pictures and put it up on our Facebook page, everyone would be like, oh, Morgan, I know you're bad at fucking Photoshop, (laughs) but your skills are getting worse. (laughs) It's just like amateur hour. (laughs) All right. Okay, Brad. Are you gonna are you gonna tell us about what you were talking to me about yesterday? The the fruit thing. The fruit what, thing. Uh, what subculture of fairies are you gonna talk about, Brad? Ah, oh, fucking hate both of you. <laughs> are you doing the that fruit hoax that you were talking about? No, I'll tell you what I'm like, doing. You remember yesterday you were you were, you were saying something about like because you're like Morgan, you're a maths guy. Like if the Cookie Monster had like twenty ovens, <laughs> he's baking cookies for five years straight. What was that thing you were saying? <laughs> How long would it take him? I have no How many idea. Cookies what you're could he make? Oh, okay. Don't worry then. No, what are you doing? I'm, I'm so confused, man. <laughs> I feel like you're making fun of me, but I'm not sure. Are you going to talk about wooden doors and How stuff? Do Is that what you're talking about? How do you feel about the Holocaust, Brad? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I thought Brad called uh. it the Holocaust. Uh. <laughs> I already told you guys that I'm part of the chosen thing, all right? So, the way that you're talking about my people is so very hurtful. And I am offended on behalf of the entire Jewish community. All right, what are you going to tell us about? What's your hoax? I fucking hate you. I also hate that it took me so long to realize what was going on. With Lachlan literally had yeah. to spell it out for me because I was like, ah, oh, fucking hell. Ah, just give me that. Here we go. <clears throat> what? <laughs> God damn it! I am not an anti-Semite. Okay, fuck you. What is the great? <laughs> what is? What is a hallmark of a great hoax? Is it the ability to initially fool people, the ability to continually to continue to fool people, or maybe the ability to exist in a gray area of knowledge just enough so to make it plausible? Perhaps. I would argue that the truly great hoaxes are those that, even once they are proven false, continue to uh, proliferate and infiltrate culture. Yeah. I would even argue that the greatest hoax might be the one that is proven so false that the mastermind of said hoax publicly confirmed it, and yet people continue (laughs) to still believe it. A hoax so great it's taken on a life of its own. 
seized upon by the very oh, shut-in nutjobs that helped bring it to prominence and warped into a tool <laughs> to spread misinformation. Oh, you're talking about anti-vaxxers, aren't you? Uh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> the hoax I'm talking about this week is alien autopsy. Oh, yes. nice. Good one, Brad. I like it. A grainy 17-minute film released by Ray Sant- Santilli and Gary Shufield in 1995. Santilli and Shufield would approach Fox Television under the guise of having obtained footage never before seen that they purchased from a retired military cameraman who needed to remain anonymous for his personal safety and privacy reasons. Of course. With a spectacular backstory, they were able to shop the footage out to Fox, who realized its eerie nature was definitely something that they could cash in on. Fox would cut the footage into a standalone 48-minute documentary called Alien Autopsy, Fact or Fiction. The documentary Spoilers. would, would it's fiction. decimate its time slot. <laughs> and ge- fucking spoilers, mate. And, and generate a tremendous response, prompting Fox to rebroadcast the documentary two more times. Each time it would also dominate its, in its time slot, with its peak viewership coming in at just under 12 million people on its third broadcast. Holy shit. Yeah. It's a, not well, a small thing. That's a lot. Uh, needless to say, the unsubstantiated footage would cause a tremendous stir. For anyone unfamiliar with the 17-minute film, so anyone who hasn't seen it at home, it purports to show the autopsy of an alien recovered from a 1947 <laughs> crash landing near, <laughs> near Roswell, New Mexico. I fucking with this, and you did that purposefully. But that's brilliant, Brad. Good job. <laughs> Three pathologists clad in white, full-body hazmat suits can be observed slowly dissecting the remains of the pot-bellied alien <laughs> creature. Mm. The, the creature appears to have a large open wound on its leg that shows some sort of exposed bone. I don't know what he's laughing about. The pathologists <laughs> examine it and move to the creature's large belly. They, z- they then proceed to cut its chest cavity open and, for a lack of a better term, fumble around inside, removing organs and other viscera for several minutes. Mm. The Ugh. team then moves on to the creature's head and they start by peeling the lenses of its corneas off, following oh. which they proceed oh. to open the scalp with a bone saw. Can and we please never say peeling the lenses of its corneas ever again? Yeah. No. Please. You did some horrible things to me today. I never thought <laughs> I'd talk about rabbits, live rabbits up a vagina, but there we go. Um, <laughs> we a are. large brain is removed and placed on a surgical tray for collection before the film simply cuts out. The ambiguous nature of this entire film is eerie. It had enough detail to sell its authenticity with what appears to be period clothing and medical tools. The alien itself is not a poorly made dummy, but rather it looks like a real cadaver of an alien corpse. Even at knowing the truth, it is stagger- It is a staggeringly real depiction. The film uses its black and white soundlessness to its advantage. As you watch the film, it doesn't try too hard to convince you. It pre- presents the information, but forces you to draw your own conclusions. Yeah. Mm. 
it's in this gray area that alien autopsy hoax propagated and spread like wildfire. But living up to what everyone's expectations of a secretive alien autopsy would be, but not going over the top as with other hoaxes in the past, it has been able to tr- trick a tremendous number of people. But what about the guys who created this hoax? Under tremendous scrutiny from the public eye, they were pressured to produce the retired military cameraman. Eventually, they came up with a genius idea. We need someone who won't talk to the media and can't be tracked down in the future. I know what'll work. A homeless man. (laughs) And so, that's exactly what they did. They pulled a random transient off the streets of Los Angeles, cleaned him up, got him to pretend he he was the mysterious retired cameraman, recorded a brief interview with him in a motel, and tossed his homeless ass back out on the streets. (laughs) With the interview sent off to a Japanese news station, which I thought was very weird, they didn't send it to an American one like Fox or anyone, they sent it to a Japanese news station. Uh, In 1996, Santilli and Shufield dusted their hands, job well done. And it was a job well done for ten whole years. The film was compared... um, uh, so the film's importance was compared to that of the infamous Zapruder film, the proof of life outside of what we know that was visiting us here on Earth. Ooh, which anyone who should be familiar with the Zapruder film is obviously the assassination of JFK. Quite an important film in history. Yeah, we talked about it yeah. at length. Yeah, not not too long ago, actually, funny enough. Um, there were plenty of detractors, but with no solid way to disprove the film, it had gathered a substantial following and provided a much a much needed arrow in the conspiracy theorist's quiver. I was quite proud of myself for that sentence, but I fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Brad. <laughs> that would change in 2006, however. Santilli himself would be featured on a show called Eamon Investigates, uh, where he admitted that Alien to- Autopsy was a fake film produced by himself and Shufield. The pair had hired John Humphreys to design two alien cadavers, complete with lamb bone joints and sheep's brain, uh, a sheep's brain set in jelly to simulate an actual brain. Uh, <clears throat> Humphreys himself oh. would play the lead pathologist, uh, and they converted an entire Camden Town apartment in London into an autopsy room. When they were done, to hide the evidence of their misdoings, they cut the alien cadavers up into hundreds of pieces and dump them in bins all throughout london oh god it's like hiding an actual body yeah i know it's crazy they went like and they no one would have known if it wasn't for those pesky eamon investigates <laughs> um so what did spark santilli's sudden confession a burden conscience did someone have information on him and, and was blackmailing did the government get to him no rather santilli and shufield had parlayed their little misadventure into a film with the same name uh, to be released in 2006. Alien Autopsy was set to release just days after this interview. Santilli was no idiot. His confession would make news and that meant ticket sales. And as an executive Uh producer on the film, that was good for them. Still, the gutless bastard didn't have the stones to say that it was an outright fake. Or perhaps he figured that having some mystery was necessary to the film's success. But Santilli's state... Uh, so Santilli stated that his 17-minute video was, in fact, a reproduction of a, a film he had legitimately seen and purchased in 1992. Ah, a film oh, okay. that, oh, that's so that had been recorded in 1947, but deteriorated so severely it couldn't be saved. 
As such, he and Shufield had taken it upon themselves to recreate the film much the way a museum or gallery would restore a classical painting. In doing so, Santilli let the conspiracy nuts have their grey area, a grey area that continues to exist to this day more than 14 years later. Just today, I was re-watching this video, and then there are some comments on a YouTube video that I found that I just I have to read. They're so, so bad. <laughs> okay. So, this first comment. As you're watching, keep in mind that this was filmed in, in the 1940s. There was no plastic or any material available at the time that they could look that could look like real skin, organs, tongue, and the black material peeled from the eyes. This is most likely the real deal. <laughs> what? And that, I mean, these aren't comments from years ago. That one was from, uh, I think that was three weeks ago. So he admitted yeah. he admitted it wasn't a real video from 1947. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this guy's saying it was filmed in, okay. Yeah. And there was another comment there that said, it's confirmed by the US Navy, they are real, so this can't be fake. <laughs> which which is really good. the most fucking <laughs> ludicrous thing I have ever heard. The Navy have admitted that there's uh, yeah. aircraft that they don't know who it belongs to. That's not confirming that <laughs> fucking alien autopsy video is real. Yep. And then Jesus the- it's just a couple of leaps my- of logic, Lachlan, but it's all cons- it's all there. It's all consistent. <laughs> Just a couple, couple of leaves of logic. Um, now, this is my personal favourite comment. Now, this comment actually was like 500 words, but I just took the first paragraph. This footage came from an 82-year-old ex-Secret Serviceman. It was analysed by Kodak Labs in its original film reel state. It was proven to be authentic 1947 film reel, right down to the batch number on the film, film reel itself. It was also analysed by the monster creator behind Predator and Alien movies. He said, quote, If this is fake... then whoever put this together in 1947 was doing some things that nobody in the movie business can do even today. If somebody walked in off the street today and handed me that and told me that they'd put it together themselves, I'd hire them on the spot. There's there's certain things you can't fake, and and in that film, there's a lot of them. (laughs) They're failing to understand that the video was not made in 1947. It was not made in 1947. It was made in 1995. I think that quote from the um, the guy from Predator is yeah. actually real. Oh, it's a legitimate quote. Yeah, absolutely. So they showed the video to him, and he said, oh, yeah. "Like, if it was made in 1947, but it wasn't. It was yeah. made in 19. 19- no, it wasn't. It's not on the yeah. Predator guy. I'm saying this guy has taken this con- this content yeah. uh, quote, sorry, completely out of, out of context. context, and is using. And the and- fact that he's saying it was analyzed by Kodak and all this sort of shit—that's not true. I know he's added to the story. That's the best part. That's, it's an 82-year-old. Uh, ex-secret serviceman yeah. when he was actually retired military. I don't know where this came from. Kodak Labs? Where did Kodak Labs get a... Oh, my God. It's it's just a great comment. It's got layers. And it was Fucking, like it's, 500 it's words. Ch- Chinese whispers. That's what it is. It's so good. Anyway, this is an absolute God-tier hoax. The Santilli can't stop it now. Like, he's already said it's not yep. real. He gave him a little gray area saying, I did see a film like this in 1992 because oh, he's yeah, a bitch. Cause- and I, he wanted to keep the movie angle going and everything like that. But... Yeah. You go to any video with this on it, and there is so many more comments talking about how real this is than there are mm. comments saying this is stupid. There'll be people in there correcting them, um, yeah. but like the majority of the comments are about how the video video is real, and it's like, no, there's nothing. There's it's nothing that these guys could do people. now yeah. to to stop this um, 
like hoax because especially because of the audience mm. that are claiming it's real it's exactly the same as like i said uh was it last week week before with uh mad mike hughes yeah exactly yeah. and and mm. you know if he had have gone up and come back down and said the earth is not flat then the flat earthers would have said oh the government got to you or they something got to like you. that yeah it's exactly the same as this. Even if, uh, what's his name? Uh, Santilli. Santilli yeah. had come out and explicitly said, video's fake. It wasn't based on anything. It's all fake. Here's a video of us making the video that proves that it was fake. Mm-hmm. The the alien conspiracists would still be saying, ah, oh, well, the fucking CIA's got to him or some shit like that. Yeah, well, that's They're exactly just yeah. trying to cover his tracks now. I can at least respect him if they said the CIA got to him, like on the YouTube videos, like CIA got to him. But these guys <laughs> yeah, are just like, no, yeah. it's a real video. But it's like, <laughs> he actually said it's not a real video. Like, has, But has Santilli come out since then? Santilli sounds like a type of pasta, by the way. But has Santilli come out since then? <laughs> Delicious kind said, of pasta. Um, that I didn't see a video like this from 1947. And it was an original creation and it's totally fake. He hasn't said that, has he? No, not not that I'm aware of. I think he pretty much disappeared laughing into the sunset after the release of Alien Autopsy in 2006, which is... Mm. Um, I've seen that movie. It's not a bad movie. It's actually quite interesting. Um, is it a movie or a documentary? No, no. It's a full-length comedic movie, but it just has the full-length? exact same the exact same um, plot as to basically what he's described, which is that in 1992, he found someone who was trying to sell him this film he he finds a financial investor who wants to, who to you know to help him afford it. He buys it, brings it back, but it gets destroyed um, due to okay. humidity and light exposure. So then he has to recreate it so that the investor doesn't kill him, and then the investor dies anyway. So spoilers for the movie, okay. but um, <laughs> yeah, it, that's basically it. his whole story is the plot of the movie, and it was three days before yeah. the movie was released. I'm not. I don't buy it for a goddamn second. Like the, mm. it's ridiculous. It's a really well-made hoax video. Like it is. Oh, yeah. it absolutely high is. quality. I, I remember the first time I saw it, high which effort. was before uh, his interview. And I mean, I was I wasn't on the internet as much in two thousand six. No. Like it wasn't as um, accessible. But I do remember the first <laughs> time I saw that. You weren't on the internet as much, Brad. You were 17 years old in 2006. Yeah, no, but I mean, <laughs> you like... You would have been spending every waking moment on the no, internet. No, no, oh, sorry, sorry. So, let me, probably let not me. looking at videos of alien autopsy. <laughs> no, no, yeah, let me... Yeah, let, let me um, sorry, let me uh, re- redress that statement. Video okay. wasn't as easy <laughs> to be shared on the internet as it is now. Good word, yes. Brad. Redress. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, like, in 2006, YouTube was just getting started, but it wasn't... Yeah. You know, uh, it would. It, I think it was a couple of years before it ended up on YouTube, but I do remember the first time I saw it, which mm. was not in 2006. It was a bit later. Um, yeah. And I saw it and I was like, that's just a creepy as fuck video. Like, I could mm. see how people believe this. Oh, yeah. Even, yeah. even watching it creepy. and knowing that it's fake, it is still mm. very, very creepy. And something you mentioned um, earlier is, is the silence. Yeah. And that, one, makes it way more creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, I think almost makes it more believable. Yeah, well, that's it. it. It forces you to make the conclusions. Yeah, it would have been another layer for them to fake mm. had they had it had audio. Yeah, and yeah, because it's silent, your your mind is um, sort of 
racing a lot more than it would be if you were listening to yeah. it, I think. Yeah. I mean, you, you see- because okay. it's like a medical video, mm. um, there would be no need for sound. Either. Yeah. So, if there was sound, you'd be like, why did they bother recording sound here? Yeah. It's not relevant. And not it's needed, 1947. Yeah. It's not easy. So, well, the, the thing yeah. is as well, mm. like when you, when you do- like when someone performs like a medical procedure, an autopsy. <laughs> I said procedure, so you can get fucked. Um, no, not procedure, Brad. What? You said performs. Ah, no. Nah. Of course you said procedure. It's not procedure. <laughs> he like, doesn't even fucking know when he says it all. I'm, I'm speaking to you. I don't even care anymore. Um, right. Anyway, so <laughs> when, when they carry out a medical Procedure. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, actually, instead of saying perform from now on, say carry out. Uh, I'm not going to catch myself so you can get that. Anyway, when they carry out this <laughs> medical procedure, um, you use a certain like uh, type of language and and like a mm. cadence and stuff like that, which they teach you when you're, you're going through medical school, and that is something that is like next to impossible to fake unless you have experience in the field. The knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, by keeping it silent, they save themselves from that. They're not trying too hard because if they tried to fake that, people would pick it straight away. Like, people who- Yeah, they'd get called in out the by field. surgeons. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's like a more is less sort of situation. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Less is more, though. Less is more. Sorry, yeah. I fucked that up. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> You're on a roll tonight, Brad. I, look, I'm tired. You caught me off guard with the furries bullshit. Uh <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you got pranked, just, bro. Just get me out of this shit show, my mind. <laughs> fucking hate you guys so much. Like, I thought the furries was like the like the bottom of the barrel, but then you start talking about literal alive rabbits in cervixes, oh, and um, yeah, yeah it's, it's like good. I'm done. It's not good stuff. Like emotionally, I'm fucking done tonight. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. Let's get me out of this shit. Uh, do you know? Speaking of the video being silenced, do you know if when Fox Fox played it on TV, if they put in some like eerie music oh, over the absolutely. top, or if they put on some like wacky sound effects? Yeah, I it? need to get. <laughs> I need to find a copy of the actual um, documentary. So like, I I wasn't able to find it on YouTube, but I'm gonna. I want to see it because, it, like, it was a 48 min, uh, minute documentary. So I imagine they cut it and they showed pieces at a time, and they're definitely yeah. in some sort of low humming music over it while they played it which made it twice as eerie you know and they would have had somebody like talking to you about what they're yeah, saying and yeah blah, blah, and they would have yeah, had an expert breaking it down like so you can see that you know he's peeling the lenses off the cornea here oh, <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh that's where we draw the line is it <laughs> all right yeah that's that's way worse anything that's way anything worse than anything with the eyes mm, is yeah. just awful nah. yeah yeah all right, Lachlan, um, I think it's time to do Would You Rather. Morgan. 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 Morgan's Would You Rather. Okay, so I had a bit of trouble coming up with one this week, and I thought, hey, why not talk about those stupid products that uh, corporations do every uh, April 1st, imagine they are real, and ask you which one you'd rather eat. Oh. So, um, <laughs> would you rather eat... An entire jar of Heinz chocolate mayonnaise, yeah. or <laughs> eat an entire block of Cadbury chocolate with blue cheese filling. Chocolate mayonnaise, hands down, not even a question. I don't like mayonnaise or blue cheese. Blue cheese is the fucking. You don't like devil. mayonnaise? Uh, no, I don't like mayonnaise. Ugh. Well, you're um, a fool. However, it's the flavour of mayonnaise I don't like. 
the consistency is okay. And I'm thinking if it was chocolate flavored, it'd just be like chocolate pudding. So I'm going to go with the chocolate <laughs> mayonnaise. <laughs> you can put chocolate in mayonnaise. It doesn't make it taste yeah. like chocolate. Well, if you put it enough chocolate in there. It still tastes like mayonnaise. I, I feel like I'm, it would be- I'm picturing a jar of chocolate pudding. So I'm just going to stay with that. <laughs> You're lying to yourself, bro. Well, it's going to be salty I chocolate. I have to lie to yourself if you're going to eat any nah, of these, I mean, I'd so. eat it because I couldn't eat blue cheese in chocolate. Mm. I love chocolate. I love mayonnaise. Together at last. I think this is a product that should exist. <laughs> Not I even remember when uh, Cadbury did chocolate with Vegemite inside and it yeah. wasn't an April Fool's Day prank. And it was oh, shit. <laughs> oh, it was disgusting. Yeah. It was really, really good. Why gross. did you eat it? You got oh, to try it. Yeah, you got to try it. No. It's like when you see something it's... like a blender or something, you've got to put your finger in it. You know, like it's. So when, someone, when someone says, don't smell this, yeah. it, you it really it. stinks. Oh, no, I'm I'm all for that. If Shannon ever says, like, oh, this is gross, don't smell it, I'm like, you have to. give it here, I'm smelling yeah, it. You have to smell it. That's right. Actually, yeah, you're probably right. If somebody had a block of Vegemite chocolate and yeah. offered me a piece, I would have definitely eaten it. Yeah. But I wouldn't go and buy a pack. Oh, no, idiot. it's when I was working at the supermarket. They, they you know. Accidentally open. broke open a pack. Oh, so. yeah, accidentally. Yeah. yeah. Have it all the time. It's that, yeah. I, I'm sure there's like a French term for it or something, but it's like when you see something you shouldn't, you know you shouldn't do, or you just, you gotta do it. You mm. gotta. Why is it a French term? Because oh, there's always some gay French term for it as well, isn't there? Yeah. Or, or German. <laughs> yeah, or German. Yeah. It's one of those two. Uh, there's a German term for everything. What's there? Yeah. Oh, there's that one, like, when you think of something. Like a resp- like a comeback after you said it, Luckman. Oh, yeah. yes, uh, Spirit of the Stairway. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it was, was it French, yeah. was it? It was French, wasn't it? It was French. Yeah. I can't remember what the actual word was, uh, but I I'm think sure. The Germans, I think the Germans do have a word for something that you know you shouldn't do, but you just yeah. really want to do anyway. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's Holocaust. Is that <laughs> it? <laughs> oh. oh wow! Wow! Oh wow! That was bad. That was for bad. Uh, sure it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make a Holocaust joke and then try and pin it on me. No, uh, I'm making fun of the Germans here. The Germans are the butt of that joke. Right. As they should be. They're <laughs> jerks. After what they did, they deserve to be mocked. What the fuck is wrong I'm with mocking you? you. It's just stop. I'm mocking the Germans. Oh, fuck. All right, get us out of this situation, Logan. Out of that situation and into a much worse situation. Oh, good God. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of aliens, and this is a an ever more tenuous link to BPR because I am really at a stretch here. <laughs> All right. Top, top five countries with the most future illegal aliens, a.k.a. refugees, according what? to World Vision. What? So, using alien in the synonym. Yes. Like the, sorry, the other sense. In the other sense, yes. Hang on, I need you to explain what you mean. (laughs) So, top top five five countries. So, countries with the most, is that the countries who will have the most illegal aliens in them or the countries whose citizens will be... Okay. Yeah, the most displaced people. Okay, so it's not going to be America, it's going to be Honduras or something like Ah, that. We'll find out, won't we? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Starting at five, working way to number one. Okay. As as an example, though. <laughs> yes. I yeah. think Brad just looked at a map and just saw what countries are near Mexico. 
Okay, together. So the other now I, I, I did clarify <laughs> refugees, okay, because I consider them future illegal aliens. Um, Whoa! All right. So, like I said, out of that situation and into a much worse situation, and it is a no, tenuous no person is illegal, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, number five, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, with nine hundred and twelve thousand last year. Yeah, I think okay. if I think if you have to use democratic in your country name, you're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got some little fun facts here. They have both a prime minister and a president, and that's really oh. working out for them. Um, <laughs> Much like Russia, their chief exports are cobalt, diamonds, and copper. So, oh, so they should be rolling in it. Yeah, I'm sure the West is currently bending them over the table and going in raw. <laughs> oh, Number four, <laughs> Myanmar. With 1.1 million. What in the fuck is a Myanmar? I don't know what it is. So, uh, <laughs> either way, it sucks because a bunch of them are willing to die trying to get out of it. So, up your game, boys. Uh, <laughs> is that the one that shares an island with Malaysia? Oh, fuck it. I, I don't know what a Myanmar is. Number three. South Sudan with 2.3 million. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I, for one, just learned something. That there is a South Sudan. Good for you. <laughs> In honor of South Sudan, I will now refer to Sudan as North Sudan. <laughs> it hardly seems fair that they should get to be the OG Sudan. First of all, Brad, it's Sudan. And Sudan. second of all, I've talked about South Sudan in Brad's I didn't know that there was. A, I thought you were talking about the south of the country, not a literal south country. No, because my joke was South Sudan, which, if you believe it or not, is actually a worse country than Sudan. Ah, well, there you go. I didn't even realize. <laughs> This is a fucking shambles. <laughs> number, t- number two, <laughs> Afghanistan with 2.4 million. Gotta say, I kind of feel bad that we had a part in this one, but Osama fucking started it. Um, <laughs> anyway, more fun facts. Afghanistan is uh, has 37 million people, and 99.7% uh, of them are Islamic. And I, I was just wondering how they got everyone so unified. I mean, you got to think that by chance there would be more than 0.3% of the population um, that would choose to be another religion. So that's, that's a, like impressive on their behalf. Um, I, I honestly think it, yeah, it, it surprises me that it's, own, uh, that it's as much as 0.3%. <laughs> well, Brad, that's why Muslims. Afghanistan is in such shambles at the moment is because diversity is ours ah. and they don't have enough diversity. There you go. Fair, fair point. <laughs> And uh, number one is Syria with uh, 5.6 million. <laughs> wow, that's a big jump. Yeah. And look, it's, it's never fun to be the big boys. Oh, sorry, when the big boys fight a proxy war and you're the battlefield. So um, stiff up a lip there, Syria. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> I've got a good feeling about Syria and 2021. Like, that's the year of Syria. Um, <laughs> that's my pairing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the the Syrians were so, once once such a strong empire. <laughs> of course, they were the Assyrians then. Yeah, you know, um, they're the no Syrian. No, I can't. Fuck, just get me out. <laughs> I try to make. Oh, I'm done. Get us out of uh, here. Well, that sucked. Uh, but thanks for trying, Brad. Thanks for showing up. Um, <laughs> no, that was good fun, Brad. Good on you for um, <laughs> doing your favourite. <laughs> Crap on third world countries, bit. <laughs> okay, everybody loves it. It's a it's a fan favorite. I love it. I'll admit, I love it. Thank you, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Um, 
And if anyone we can love, tell me we... where Myanmar is located, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Sudan. Whatever. <laughs> you pronounced it right. We really, we really I don't know. having you all here with us. Uh, <laughs> it, so it means a lot to us that you keep listening, especially through this kind of crap. Uh, <laughs> crap. I resent um, that, sir. Thank you to everyone who has filled out the survey so far. We're getting some really, really good feedback. Uh, we're getting some really kind feedback. So thank you to everyone who said nice things. Um, we do want honest feedback, though. If you've got something bad to say, please tell us. I think a lot your... of it's been constructive. So don't try and talk yeah, about saying nice things. Like, don't definitely constructive. Us. If you're worried that, hey, if I say that I'm a 25 to 30-year-old woman who knows one of the guys, they'll know who I am, then just lie. Just say that you're like a 60-year-old guy or something. If you got something to say and you're worried that we're going to be able to deduce who you are, you can just lie about that. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, we'd prefer you didn't because we want an idea of who our demographic is, but, you know, if, lying if that's is, something you're worried Lying about. with honest feedback is better than not giving any. Your <laughs> results are completely anonymous. They are. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not going to try and figure out who it is that's not what we're interested in. We just we want the honest feedback. Um, so this this will be the last week that you're going to hear about the survey unless we talk about the results in the future. Um, so this is the last week to have you say we're only running it until next episode comes out. So please jump on there, bradisbadperson.com slash survey. Let us know what you like, what you dislike. Brad has got a commanding lead as uh, both favourite member of the podcast and Brad's power ranking as favourite segment, which I don't understand. I mean, did you just fucking hear the last five minutes? Um, I'm a hot mess, bitch. <laughs> People love it. People like the spectacle. Anyway, anyway, yeah, please, please jump on there if you haven't already. Have your say. Uh, let us know. And thank you again for listening. And remember, please share these episodes with your friends so we can get more survey responses that's what this whole thing's been about the last three and a half years is just we just want people to fill out a survey yeah <laughs> we want info juicy juicy compliments 